puts messages together. His timing, his way, amen. Judges chapter 1. <clears throat> we've, we've looked at this passage before, so it'll, or the same story in the book of Joshua chapter 15, but we're going to look uh, a little different uh, angle on it uh, tonight. So Judges chapter 1, don't go down to verse 12, and this should be familiar to you because it's not been too long ago that we looked at the same story uh, in the book of Joshua. Judges in chapter 1, go down to verse 12. So verse 9 to 11 is some of the Judah and Simeon going after their parts that belonged to them, that was promised to them. And Caleb, <coughs> being of the tribe of Judah, continues that story, verse 12. And Caleb said, He that smiteth kerjath Sefer and taketh it, to him will I give Aksa my daughter to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, and he gave him Aksa, his daughter, to wife. And again, we don't know if this is Othniel's younger brother. I tend to think Kenaz is his younger brother, and it's his nephew. There's so many different ways to look at it. But anyways, so, gave him Aksa, his daughter, to wife. And it came to pass, when she came to him, that she moved him, moved Othniel, to ask of her father Caleb a field. And she lighted from off her ass, and Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land, give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. Now let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the day. We thank you for how you've blessed and worked, and Lord, for how you've already moved in people's hearts today. We ask that you, Lord, work in our hearts tonight. And give us boldness in this matter. We'll thank you when you ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we've already covered the, the idea of, of passing on your faith. As a matter of fact, I believe that may have been the title of Joshua 15 was passing on your faith. The idea of the kind of faith runs in our family feeling in this, in this passage. Caleb affecting his own daughter. His daughter had some faith in asking him, Caleb's faith for asking of the mountain, and Othniel's faith in, in going after Kerjath Sefer so he could have Aksa. I mean, there's just a lot of faith going on here. Othniel later turning out to be a judge, and we'll see him a little later. Uh, Caleb's nephew turning out to be a judge. So we've already covered that aspect of kind of one of the primary aspects of the passage where we're talking about passing on your faith and, and having other people, teaching them uh, to have, have faith, encouraging faith, training faith, all those things. But I want to look at it from a different as aspect now, just from the aspect of AXA. And, um, and we looked a little bit at daddy and daughter last time, but I'm going to look at it just a little, a little different. So we're going to look at, uh, from, the, from the aspect specifically of a child talking to the father and then a father responding to the child. And, and this is pretty straightforward. Okay? It's pretty straightforward. Okay? Is everybody here? Amen. I like hearing some response. It helps me know everybody's uh, in the room, because I'm not always looking up to see your face. I try to, but amen. So, what's going on? You know the whole story, Othniel and Axel, they're newly married, and sounds like, the way it, the way it talks about in both passages, sounds like Othniel's here to pick up his bride and take her back to his place. Okay, to, to, to the house, 
to her to his house and now her house. And uh, there's been a dowry given. There's been some blessing given. Caleb has has given uh, with uh, with uh, his daughters, given these this land, or given a gift to his daughter uh, for the couple. And and she wants she's looking and seeing that the the land has a need. Okay, she's got two areas of a southern land that are kind of dry, and she's hoping if this is going to turn into anything, it'd be nice to have some water with it. So they can either run cattle or do agriculture or something that there's to make the land more useful, okay? Uh, which is, I mean, that's a, that's a wise woman seeing what's been done, what's been given. So that's, the, that's where we're starting. So she sees something, and sees the need, and, uh, and approaches her father. So let's just start right here. The whole thing, just a back and forth. Let me just propose a back and forth here. Well, I'm going to call her the child and him the father. So we can start connecting some dots for ourselves, okay? So the child, she starts off immediately with a position of respect. We noted this when we preached the message out of the book of Joshua. The first thing she does when she walks up is she, she jumps down off of her donkey, which is the appropriate thing to do when, in, when a, you are going to someone who is, quote-unquote, an authority in your life, that was the appropriate thing to do to make a request. You didn't sit equal with them. You made yourself lower than them. And so she did that. She jumped down off of her donkey and immediately, look, she never said anything. You have to catch this. She never says anything. It's her physical uh, position that promotes the father's response. Okay, hear, hear this. It's her physical position that promotes the father's response. So look at what it says right there in, in verse 14, okay? She, she came down off her donkey, and Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? She doesn't say a word. She puts herself in a humble position, and Caleb says, What would you like? Is there something you'd like to ask? The father's immediate response was to the position of the child. Now, obviously, the heart of this, this young woman affected her position. She didn't stand right there and say, hey, weren't you thinking about this? I mean, you, what, what's this half-baked thing you give us? You know, dry land with no water? That's not how she came across from this. Come on now. I mean, I think I deserve a little bit more here, you know. No, she immediately put herself in a position of humility, and he immediately took the, the position of a generous father. Is there something more you'd like? Is there something else you'd like? And then the child responds this. Now think about, let me put this. I want a blessing. Now it sounds, the way it words here, the way we understand it, the words sound a little abrupt, don't they? I want a blessing. But you have to understand, the word blessing here is literally, she is, the, the word it means liberality. I am, I am asking for your liberality. Dad, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on your generous nature here. And she says, and then she acknowledges what has already been given. What is that? You've already been good to me. Listen, you have already been good to me. Um, may I have some more? Okay, let, me just, let me just put that in a different perspective. What cook does not like to hear these words? May I have some more? You know, you, you try to get your kids to feed this and eat this. And my mom had a rule. 
uh, her mom made her finish her whole plate. She said, I'm never going to make you do that. Um, <laughs> she says, but you do have to try everything on the table. You have to try everything on the table. And so we had to try everything on the table. And sometimes, man, it was awesome. You know, thing you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to. Oh, hey, that's not too bad. You know, <laughs> find out you actually like some stuff. So we had to try everything on the table. And boy, oh boy, I tell you, when, when you, hey, can I have some more? What mom doesn't say, why, sure, honey, let me go get you some more, you know. I'll never forget the first time I went to, and you've heard the story, and Miss Giselle will completely get it because she has a Kentucky background in there. First time I went down to, to Dana's mamaw's house, and she laid out, I remember if it was for a holiday, Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, but man, there was, I mean, there was so much good food. The table was about this big, and we're all shoulder to shoulder gathered on the table, and there's food stacked on top of food. I mean, you had to move the butter to get the corn, and you know, I mean, or no, the corn was, the corn was on top of the butter, and, and uh, I remember finishing up some, and I'm like, you know, can I have some more of that? Can you, can you pass some more of that? And next thing you know, I hear Mamaw patting me on the back saying, this one here's a good one. This one here's a good one. Because <laughs> I asked for seconds, you know. Because what cook doesn't like that enjoyment of, can I have some more? You realize this is, this is a daughter looking to her dad and said, hey, you know, you gave me this and this, and I'm, 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 I'm asking for a blessing from you, Dad. Could I have a little more? Could I have just a little more? Now, here's the deal. She wasn't vague about it. Did you see? She knew what she wanted, and she asked for what she wanted. She's specific. I'd like a springs. I've got two, two dry lands here, two dry fields. I'd like a springs. Now again, there's an advantage, direct advantage, the springs are a direct advantage to the two dry fields. She says, if I'm going to make use of this, this is what I'd like. She's specific. Did you notice the father's response? Did he haggle over it? Do we even actually see any words? No. What does he do? He gives her two springs. He doesn't just give her one. He gives her two. He gave her more than she asked for. Amen. I'm telling you, this plays off amazing right off of, right off of our, uh, this morning's message. This is, this is a perfect example. Axa's, however you say this name, I'm saying it the best of my ability. Axa's approach to her dad is a perfect example of of how the Lord even tells us to approach him in prayer. It's perfect. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Her physical, outward attitude of subservience to the Father. You know, the word worship. We everybody can, and I've talked about this before, but we talk about praise and worship. They are not the same thing. By any stretch, they're the same. The praise literally means the lifting forth of the hands. It's a, it's a praise lauding the Father. Worship, the literal word worship means bowing on my face to the ground. Those are two opposite things. The word worship. You know, I, I just want to challenge you. I, I, I just seriously want to challenge you. Pay attention to your physical... person, I, I wish I could, your physical attitude, your physical position, and see if it affects your attitude. Is everybody here? That, see if your physical, 
I, we used to we used to have conversations about this at school. Our, our girls would we talk to the girls, and we made some random joke about you know that they acted different in PE, and and then we started noticing it wasn't just PE. It was whenever they wore PE clothes, they were like, wow, totally wacko, doing stupid stuff. You put them back in school clothes, and suddenly they're they acted totally. We do not. We're like, well, yeah, you do. I mean, just dumb ninth graders. You know, we didn't know you weren't supposed to argue with a girl about that. We're like, when you wear these clothes, you do this, and you bend over like that, and you, you do this, but you, when you wear these clothes, you don't do all that stuff. And we're like, oh. You know, have you ever noticed someone who's always walking around like this? And you teach them to, like, square up and look at the world a little bit? Just teach them to lift their head a little bit and look out? It can change people's perspective? You can be constantly introverted or looking out and seeing all of God's blessings. I mean, there's an amazing thing. It's amazing how much our, listen, we, we disconnect this way too much, but our, the, the, the position and attitude and, and uh, the, the health of our physical body affects our spiritual life. And the quicker we understand that, I'm telling you, the quicker you understand that, my wife gets it. I get, I'll be home and I'll be like, I guess I don't, well, I see it afterwards. You know, she'll say, hey, Tim, what? Um, why don't you go golfing this afternoon? <laughs> In other words, you're like way too stressed. Get out of here and go do some physical exercise. And I like to golf. And it's every time I come home from golfing, I'm like stress-free, chilled, calm. And, it's, and she can tell it. And all I got to do is go do a little bit of physical exercise, and it's like the stress is just. Why? Because our physical and our spiritual are attached. So, before you knock me out of the park, before you start saying, I don't have to, I know you don't have to, but why don't you try when you pray, get down on your knees and physically place yourself as subservient to God. Well, God sees my heart. Mm hmm. Yep. And if your heart never affects your body, there's something wrong. Amen. If your heart never affects your body, there's something wrong. Amen. So, you know, her physical, listen, her physical movement of putting herself in a place of humility caused the heart of her father instantly to be in a giving mood. What wilt thou? It wasn't, what do you want? (laughs) I see what's coming. What is it you want? What would you like? Listen, uh, this is good stuff. And just, just start reading through Scripture a little bit and look at the, the different positions of the Pharisee. I'm glad I'm not as other men, even as this publican. And the publican, one of them shows him on his face and the other one has him beating his chest. Signs of humility. Signs of subservience. So that, number one, her physical outward attitude of subservience to the Father automatically brought the heart of the Father to a giving mood. Number two, she requested a blessing. She asked God for God's liberality. Now, can I just can we just talk about this a little bit? Liberality, generosity. She asked her Father. This is what believers should do. She didn't ask God, she asked her dad. But we, we should do that. We should do that. We need to learn to ask God for his liberality. Well, why, why would I do that? Because God wants to be, but we'll get there in a little bit. 
her request for a blessing. God tells us to ask what we want, for what we want. If ye abide in me, listen, John 15, 7, there's a little bit of a caveat with it. But if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. You hear that? Wow. Connection with walking with the Lord. When you walk with the Lord, and there's some things you ask for, God says, sure, why not? Listen, I'm not talking about a name it and claim it. kind of. Don't get that in your head. Because God the Father is still going to be Father and reserve from things from us that we don't need or we're not ready for. But some people, they get this, like this fatalistic or nihilistic way of looking at it and say, well, I'll never ask God for all the big stuff because I never get it anyway. Come on. Why would I ask for that? God doesn't give me nothing. He gives it to all those other people. I mean, I, I, I've been so jealous of Jen Harris because that girl, she wins everything. She signs up for stuff and she's constantly winning stuff. I could sign up till I'm blue in the face and my hand can't write anymore. I'll never win anything. You know what I'm saying? That's right here. But that's not how God works. God wants us to ask and keep following. We'll, we'll get there again. So her physical outward attitude of subservience, she requests a blessing, she asks for his liberality, and then she praises him for what, he's already been, what she's already been given. She acknowledges it. Does, does that match anything the Bible says? Yeah, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, for one example. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Not only that, she was specific. She knew what she wanted and she asked for what she wanted. Okay, well, now you're, I'm not so sure about that. I've heard a lot of people say this. Well, I, I don't think we should put a, a box around God. Do you, come on, think about that statement for just like a half a second. Do you really think you're gonna, you are going to put a box around God? Is there, you get, everybody get the picture? Okay. Did you know God tells us to do that? That God wants to give us what we want? you hear that? Where's that in the Bible? It's called Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. You might just go there because we're going to be back there a few times. But Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and him that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or, another way to put this is, what man is there of you, Jesus says, what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? We really think God's like this sometimes. You know, when we start talking about, I'd like to have some bread. I'm no sense asking God for bread. He's just going to give me rotten, moldy stuff or a rock. He says, do any of you do that? Well, seriously, is that what a fathers do? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? I'd like some fish. Ah, oh, here's a snake. <laughs> If you then being evil, listen, Jesus, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? You ought to ask. Amen. She knew what she wanted. Number five, okay? She knew what she wanted. Number two, she asked for what she wanted. <laughs> I know that sounds redundant. But there's a lot of people who know what they want, but they won't ask. That cracks me up with little kids when it's after church, and if they want to come up and get candy, and they come up and they just got to stand and look at me. 
Mm -hmm. What do you want? (laughs) I make him ask. I want candy. Okay, good. What did mom say? (laughs) Did you ask mom? The whole story. Listen, you want candy from preacher? You don't come up and ask for a Bible. You come up and ask for candy. And somehow we think that God, God doesn't function that way. We should never go to God and ask for anything specific. Huh? That's baloney. I don't know where people get that. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast the profession of of our faith. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. Now, they say that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need, which, by the way, we have some very specific things there we can ask for. There's times we have a desperate need, come boldly to the throne and say, God, I have a need. I don't know what, now make sure it's a need and not just a want, but you get the picture. But even at that, God told us to bring our wants to him. So you think, okay, great. She's all this bold. What do you think God, what do you think God the Father is in all this. I mean, we're going to look at Caleb. I could look at Caleb and we could talk about him. He is a good example. His response is a very good example. But how about we just skip looking just at Caleb and let's look at God's word. What does God's word talk about coming to him boldly with specifics and asking for him, him for things? Okay. Well, let's, let me just tell you this, that God wants to be a blessing to his children. He wants to be a blessing to his children. Now, he can be more, as much as we don't, well, I'll just, let's just, Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Here's God saying, you know, y'all really should be bringing in your tithes, because I really, really, really want to bless you. And you, could, you can't even... You, you, can't, you won't even be able to hold the blessing that I can put on you. Now, it's funny how often our immediate thought in that connection is finances. But God blesses in ways that are way bigger than finances. He also blesses in finances. Tell me, do you think it's God's blessing to have a good husband? Or to have a good wife? You think that might be a blessing? I'm just connect the dots here. Do you think it might be a blessing to, while some people in the world are concerned about inflation, that you actually have a paycheck that's going to help take care of your family? God wants to be blessing, to be a blessing to faithful children, to his children, especially to faithful children. Oh, and by the way, God also wants us to ask. We already, looked at, we already looked at, I believe, is it the Mark passage, or the Matthew passage, Matthew chapter 7, but how about the Luke, Luke passage, Luke eleven nine? And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God wants us to ask. He wants us to ask. So much of our prayer anymore is, is stuff that's, I don't know, we toss it out, but we're not really being specific with God. I mean, when, when my kids come and they've got a question for me, they want something for me, they know what they want, and they can, they can write it out. 
I mean, if I ask them to write it out, they can be specific sometimes. I would like this. This is what I would like. Does anybody here not know? Remember looking through the toy catalog and circling a certain toy? <laughs> and we, we, we acknowledge it. When we go to our own dad like that, we can say, Dad, I'd like this. And we can go home. We can go back to our rooms with at least a semi, semi-hope that he might get that for me. And if I don't get that exact thing, there'll probably be something that will be just as cool. And we, don't, we think God won't do that? Hello? God wants to be our giving Father. He wants us to ask, and He wants to be generous to us. I'm again, I'll take you right back to Matthew. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? <laughs> Are you connecting the dots that God... Listen, do we deserve any of it? No. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. But God wants us to ask, and he wants to be generous to us. Amen. I, I, again, think I'll go right back to that Malachi passage also. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. It's not like God is a miser... It's not like God is up there like Scrooge McDuck's duck swimming in all the riches of heaven saying, hey, it's all mine, you guys will never get it. You, you understand that, right? He, God has plenty to give. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's, the earth, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he's the one that founded it. He hath founded upon the seas and established it upon the floods. In other words, God owns everything. Even the people. There's even some cases where he tells, in Isaiah, he says, I will give people for you. I will put people in your life that will be there for you to help you here and here and here. God says, I've got it all. If you want a good place to come to ask, guess where you come to ask? You come to God. He's got everything. Psalm 50, in a totally different context, a totally different context, and, I'm, and, it, and the context is actually a negative context, but Jesus basically says, uh, I don't need your cattle. I own the cattle, all the cattle, on a thousand hills. They're all mine. We've turned it into a nice song. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. A little bit of a twist on what that passage is talking about, but still. Is everybody here? We need food. Well, who's the supplier of food? Well, I thought King Ranch owned all them cattle. <laughs> Their brand is on them, but his DNA is in them. He got a brand goes a little deeper than a burn on the skin or a notch in the ear or a tag in the ear. Amen. They're all gods. Is everybody here? I'm, so I'm going to challenge you. Listen, believe it or not, we're almost done. 10 2. Let me ask you some just. Hopefully rhetorical questions, but I want you to answer them in your head. Have you become a disciple of God? A believer in Jesus Christ? You have have put your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. So answer it in your head, yes or no. Are you a disciple of God? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Okay? Answer that in your head. Now, second, second question to answer in your head. Are you in open rebellion against God right now? Yes or no in your head. Are you in open rebellion against God right now? 
Because open rebellion would imply a broken fellowship, the chastisement is required. Okay. The answer in your head now. Do, uh, are you still trying to walk with God? Even though you know you're human, are you still trying to walk with God and follow the book? Is everybody here? You know you're not perfect, but you're trying to walk with God and you're trying to follow the book. Got that in your head? Okay. Then what in the world are you waiting for? Go to God with your request. Ask for it. Ask for it. Do you know what you want? Ask for it. Well, I don't know. What might happen? That's a good question. What might happen? Who can tell what God will do? Who can tell? Who knows? See what God does. Go to God and ask for it. Amen. <laughs> now, here's the thing. What is it that you want to ask God for? Well, more. <laughs> no, that's not a good answer. <laughs> Be specific. What do you want to ask God for? You know, seriously, I'm dead serious. God, like, God literally might be waiting on you to get down on your knees and ask for some specific things. It's always might be always waiting on for you to ask, to show some to show some humility on your part, especially if it's in the furtherance of one of his things that he's already got moving on the planet. Especially if it's for the furtherance of the gospel, of the kingdom, uh, or maybe the, the betterment of something he has already given you. From our text. You know, God wants you to ask. But you've got to ask. Just ask already. Well, I tried once. No. Does anybody ever have a kid that came up and asked for some something one time? Oh, all the way out of the store. Dad, 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 dad. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 when we passed through there, I was trying to get your attention. I wanted such and such. Okay. Uh, let me think about it. There to later. Hey, Dad, did you think about it? There to later. Are you, are you still thinking about it? Do you need to talk to Mom? You hear that? Kids, kids already know the natural thing that, that you're supposed to do with this. It's us. We like, well, God, I'd really... He's not going to answer this. God, you know... I, He's never going to answer this. Lord, please, I would really like... That just sounds so full of pride. And we walk away going, he'll never give it to me. But you didn't ask! (laughs) When... uh, Listen, when I start getting other people's stories, I'll tell them. But I'm learning more and more. It's better to tell my own and not tell other people's. Because you're never quite sure if they get embarrassed or hurt or whatever. But um, when I knew I was going to marry Dana, you know, I'm in evangelism, and uh, you know, pockets were empty. I mean, there was no moolah. There was nothing. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to get married, and I've got approval to get married, and I have no house for her. I don't have a vehicle, and I'm going to have to get it. I mean, that's going to have to happen. And and I'm like, man, I don't know, I'll just get whatever. And my mom and dad looked at me and said, what do you mean whatever? I just, you know, I don't want to ask God for specifics. I just, you know, God knows. And they said, well, why not? What do you mean why not? Why not be specific? 
Oh, no. And I remember both my parents leaning on me. What's wrong with being specific? My mom said, nothing wrong with being specific. You're about to take care of a wife. There are some things you shouldn't be specific about. Well, yeah, but God knows about that. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with you being specific. And by my parents' constant encouragement, I, I, started, I wrote down on my list. Literally, I wrote down the vehicle I, I hoped for, how many miles I hoped for, the condition I hoped for. I wrote down the length of trailer I was hoping for, the, hope, the things I wanted in the trailer, the things I hoped for, because I had a wife. I wanted her to have, some, I wanted her to have like a little nest where she could set up. This is the only home we had. Our first home was a 28-foot Holiday Rambler Illuminite. Uh, some of you might know what that is, okay? It's a little travel trailer. And it's funny because in conversation, I had believers and even preachers tell me, oh, you shouldn't be that specific with God. And I remember going home going, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be that specific with God. And I go home, my parents look at me and say, why not be specific? Well, I don't know. They said, Tim, do you think the Lord's going to take care of you if you're asking for something? Well, yeah. Do you think, you know, if you don't get what you want, it's still going to be what, good for you and what you need? Yeah, then be specific. You know what I got? Exactly what I'd been praying for. I don't remember for how many weeks it was. I think it was around six months. I got up, I'd pray, Lord, please, this is what we need. I, I got exactly. I, I mean, I, and then to, to boot, to top it all off, the trailer we got had all the things in it that I wanted that I was hoping for. And, and an older man who was really good with his hands had owned it before us and had done just a lot of nice little updates that only a man that works with their hands can do. I got just a little bit more. I remember sitting in there just totally shocked one day. We're in her parent. We bought it, parked it in there uh, in her parents' uh, driveway. And I'm just sitting there totally shocked and watching her walking around, turning the place into her. We weren't even married yet, but I was watching her turn it into her place, you know. I'm sitting there going, I cannot believe the Lord would do this. He gave me exact, now here's, here's, one, here's one of my mistakes. I'm going to pray differently next time. I asked, Lord, I, I need a van that, you know, body and interior, those are all good. I can work on the motor. So if it's got some motor issues, that's not such a big deal. We can do that. That was a mistake. Low miles. I mean, thing had like 44,000 miles on it. Some rich dude only ever used it to pull his boat. And we drove it not very long, and the head gaskets blew because all the guy did ever did was to use it to pull his boat. And so we ended up changing our head gaskets. But we changed our head gaskets. But I got, literally got exactly what I prayed for. I... <laughs> do you think God doesn't want to do that? Listen, listen, do you think God doesn't want to do that for you? I'm not saying that everything I've prayed for specifically God has given me. But I'm telling you, there are times when it's been so precise that there's no, there's no one else that could have known but God. Oh, I just don't believe that. Well, you can not believe it all you want, but you have a God who is not just God. He is God our Father. And there are some things He wants you to get down on your knees and go to him and say, Papa? <laughs> <Are you? laughs> if you think God doesn't want to bless you and pour out blessings upon you, you're not paying attention. And sometimes we roll along in life 
And the reason that sometimes we don't have some things is because we just didn't ask. So let me ask everyone in the room, do you know what it is that you want? If you don't know, then go home and pray about it. What, what is it that you want? When you look at that want, is there anything wrong with that? Then go ask God for it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Seriously, what's the worst that can happen? He says no. Does God take care of you anyway? Yeah. Might he give you something better than what you asked for? It's like, you know, it's like the Christmas when you're writing down all this stuff, you know, to dad, you know, the, the son to his dad. I'm like this, I like that, like this. And what you end up getting is a BB gun or a 22. Like, dude, <laughs> this is not a toy. When can we go shoot, dad? I'm ready to go. Let's, you know. I'm... So I'm going to challenge, challenge you. Listen, we serve a good God. We serve a generous God. We serve a rich God. We serve a God who is liberal, a God who wants us to come to him with requests. Wants us to. How about you write it down specifically on your prayer list? And start asking God for it. I've got a couple things that concern this church that I am very specifically praying for. Specifics. I mean literally specifics. God, can we have this? Lord, can we have this? Who can tell what God will do? So I'm gonna, I want you all to answer this verbally because you already know the answers. Is God good? Yes. Is God rich? Yes. Does God want to give good things to his children? Yes. Then why aren't you asking for it? Amen. Know what you want. Go ask for it. Father,